Hey, welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive. Um, it's been a minute for uh, me. Just got back from sabbatical. Which Shabbat. Was What's the Hebrew of <laughs> sabbatical? Shabbat. Yeah, Shabbat. Shabbatical. Shabbatical. That's what we should... As we rewrite the employee handbook, we need to put that uh, pronunciation in. Welcome uh, back from Shabbatical. Yeah, Brad. man, it's so good to just be with family, rest, um, watch a lot of basketball. Um, yeah, I have a question. <clears throat> Go for it. A uh, personal one. How many times uh, in like the first week did your kids ask, like, Dad, are you going to work today? Oh, absolutely zero. <clears throat> really? They got they, it from the start? They were Whoa. so amped. Yeah. They were more prepared for my sabbatical than I was. Um, which actually it, it, it is sweet. Like, man, that um, says something. I, That's cool. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it says something both in like the positive. They were just so excited to spend time with me, but it also says something in the, oh yeah, the, the job that, that we do. Um, it is, you know, it, it, we're kind of on call 24 seven and our kids feel that and sense that even in spaces that we wouldn't necessarily, um, yeah. they wouldn't be able to articulate it, but uh, one day, you know, normally my kids go over to my mom and dad's on Mondays and uh, we didn't do that while I was on sabbatical. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'm home. I want to spend time. And, uh, my mom was trying to arrange like a, an overnighter for, for the kids. And, and James says, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait till after dad's sabbatical. We're spending every minute with him. And I'm like, oh, so <laughs> that's awesome. So anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was good. Good to be away. Good to um, even just for my own personal reading. Read some fiction. Read um, Jack Reacher. I did. I read yeah. a, I, I read a Jack Reacher novel. Uh, well, I love using the word novel uh, when it comes to Jack Reacher because <laughs> it's like a B level action movie. But um, Anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was good, but also spent some time, yeah, reading through Matthew and Sermon on the Mount, just kind of something that's completely not connected to to work rhythms, yep. which was which was really cool too. Um, anyway, we're in an Acts series, um, Acts of the Apostles, Acts of the Early Church. What's Acts, your favorite title for this book? Uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, end of the deep dive. Uh, nice <laughs> yeah, the Holy Spirit is the one who's who's working and. Um, you know, ins- inspiring and propelling the acts of the apostles, acts of the yeah. church. Uh, but anyway, so I, I am, um, I've missed like the whole first, you know, part of this series. Good uh, news is it's written down. It's written down and it's recorded digitally. So uh, that's right. Uh, Dan, just before we kind of jump into, we're going to be in Acts, uh, into chapter six through chapter seven, first part of chapter, uh, chapter eight. Um, Maybe like a two minute, like, hey, catch me up. What's uh? Oh, yeah. two minutes. Okay, okay, three minutes. Yeah, we'll go two. All right. So, are you asking where have we been in the text, or where have we been in like the sermon series? Y- yes. Okay. Yeah. Let, yes. Let, let's do this. Let's do two two roads. Uh, text and and series, because anytime in preaching, we're always yep. selecting something to focus yep. on. Like. Yep. Um, So we started with uh, Acts 1, and we really said that everything about the church has to be anchored in the power of the resurrected Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, that resurrected Jesus has to be the message, uh, always. And then, um, you know, that that Jesus sends his spirit to the point we would be witnesses, and we see that in Acts chapter 2. Then we looked at, um, so from the end of chapter 2 through chapter 6, it kind of talks about how the church organized itself. Um... And there's a summary at the end of two we looked at, and then we also looked at the heartbreaking story of Ananias and Sapphira, uh, where they 
uh, kind of present a false image of themselves, wanting mm-hmm. to be thought well of, like Barnabas had done, and they um, they suffer a grave consequence for that. Yeah. So we see that, like church, we we have to do this honestly, mm-hmm. even if it makes us look bad. Like mm. we're supposed to be an honest. Yeah. People. Yeah. And then uh, right after that, Paul uh, unpacked uh, Acts six, where Stephen and others are named as deacons to the deaconate, where they are distributing food, and it's kind of the first form of church leadership we see develop um, outside of like, you know, Peter, James, and John. Um, and uh, yeah, we talked in that week right before Easter a lot about what leadership in the church. What what's the character of leadership? Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah that's the highlight here and later. Now. In the book of Acts, so that's the level of what we spoke mm-hmm. on. Those are things we lifted up. In Acts, we see, uh, you know, Christ speaking to his apostles for the last time, mm-hmm. uh, returning to heaven, the apostles electing Matthias to mm-hmm. uh, replace Judas' spot. We see the 120 waiting in the upper room and praying for until Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descending, Peter mm-hmm. preaching, mm-hmm. 3,000 are saved, mm-hmm. the church organizes. And then there's some interactions where, as the church is, um, most of the church was Jewish in background, mm-hmm. and they were continuing to go to the temple, which is interesting. They were going to the temple to worship Jesus, um, alongside people going to the temple to worship Yahweh. And they start having these encounters where it's clear that their Jesus is not accepted by uh, the other temple goers, especially the leaders of that time. And so they start uh, chapter three, they heal somebody that leads them into a council setting where they're defending themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, They pray for boldness. More people are saved. uh, The church continues to work. Then Ananias and Sapphira show up. Um, Barnabas, interestingly, is mentioned early. I think he shows Mm -hmm. up later in the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the gospel keeps going and then persecution keeps happening, which mm-hmm. kind of sets the table for where we're at today. And the last thing in the text before uh, what, what you focused on this past weekend is that, um, yeah, that there was this issue between Hellenists mm-hmm. and, and the diaspora mm-hmm. and the Jewish widows and a distribution of food because mm-hmm. they were sharing things in common and how the church uh, met that need equitably yeah. and justly. Yeah. And um, then Stephen is named, and then Stephen becomes the highlight of these yeah. chapters. Man. So that's where we're at. That's like a Bible project level summary, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. I'm going to go like call it a day then. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. as good as this one's going to get. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, since I, I named Bible Project, uh, great resources. Um, if you're looking to get more out of your Bible, um, understand themes, yep. understand books of the Bible, um, different things. I would even highlight, if someone's looking for, uh, in addition to our wonderful uh, calvary.church forward slash devotions page, yeah. uh, if someone was looking for like a daily or weekly uh, read to keep mm-hmm. their Bible open, mm-hmm. the Bible Projects app is an incredible mm-hmm. resource that develops biblical literacy, which I think we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah, and uh, the Bible Recap um, yeah. is also just really good, too. Just phenomenal resources. Um We've got different. I, I love how New Year's, right? There's always these resolutions. I'm going to read the Bible in the year or going to go through these. And they're a great starting place, but you don't have to wait till January 1. Time out. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Uh, ish. Ish. So my New Year's resolutions are um, I, and part of it's my personality. I will make a resolution that I know I'm not going to attain. Okay. But my, my goal or my mm-hmm. objective is just to get better in that thing. Toward it. So if I That's make good. the goal too big, like yeah. Soda Free in 23, if you remember an earlier sermon this I year. I remember. Um, like, I had no intention of, of not drinking any soda this year. It's a great slogan, though. 
I know. My, my wife, actually, she picked it up. She hasn't had any soda. And her personality is she is stubborn enough that she will not drink awesome. soda all year. Awesome. So, anyway, that's... Um, okay. Um, also, because it feels relevant, uh, base stealing is up 48% this year so far. That doesn't feel relevant <laughs> at all. Uh, but I love that stat. And, uh, yes. We haven't talked fantasy baseball yet. No, we haven't. Um, anyway, all right. So, in Acts chapter... You know, into chapter 6, as Dan said, uh, Stephen uh, has been named one of um, these leaders in the church who's, who are going to be, um, you know, kind of assigned to help uh, serve um, those uh, yeah. uh, who are in need. And there's a few different things that, like... This is actually one of my one of the difficulties about preaching, and one of the difficulties about um, even podcasting and doing like a, a deep dive sure. is um, there's still a whole lot of content to get through. Yes, and um, this uh, Acts chapter seven is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture because it's just a, a powerful sermon. It's a powerful speech where where Stephen essentially starts at the beginning and works through God's uh, activity of, of of redemption. Yeah. Um, and yet it's 60 verses long. Right. And so it's like, oh, I want to be able to just like read this as the sermon, but I, yeah. I can't because there's application and there's explanation and there's all this other stuff that, that comes yeah. to play. Uh, is it fair to use a cliche to say that most of those 60 verses have like a double click where there's a lot of story also behind yeah. the, what's said there? Yeah, yeah. And so actually I want to I start there before okay. we get to some of the other places. And this idea of... Uh, Biblical literacy mm-hmm. is just a, a, a fascinating conversation because one of the things that's that's great about um, there's a theological doctrine the that the clarity of, of scripture right that yep. that scripture is is clear and what it needs to be um, mm-hmm. and yet you can spend time with the Bible and constantly get more and more and more out of it yep. and go deeper and this speech is one of I think those examples where it's difficult to preach well because there's there's so much context um as i mean as stephen is 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 working through this he yeah. tells you know the story about how um you know about uh abraham and about the land and the promises that were tied to it and then the patriarchs and joseph and god's people going into egypt and all of these things that the the people that uh, stephen's speaking to would be very familiar with yes. they're, they're the jewish leaders not only familiar with um mm-hmm. if i'm good on my early uh, church history and my ancient Near Eastern history, they also had histories of tradi- uh, of interpretation mm-hmm. and yes. traditions of interpretation. So I think two major rabbinic schools at the time, I might be wrong on that, yep. but more than one, which means like kind of like today, you can walk into different churches and hear yep. a little bit of a different yep. take on parts of Scripture. Yeah. So Stephen's speaking to the uh, freedmen, if I remember, mm-hmm. so a yep. very particular tradition. Spe- very specific. Who probably have been telling some of these Old Testament stories to each other um, yeah. with specific points that they yep. feel are important. Yep. And Stephen is reopening the Bible and saying, you've gotten some of this wrong. Yeah, going yeah. back to the basics even. I mean, yes. he, he goes Abraham, he goes patriarchs, he goes Moses and yep. the law. Um, he, he continues to, to quote the Old Testament. He talks about Israel wandering through the wilderness. Then he, you know, he ends with, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Like, I think my wife said that to me not, not long ago. <laughs> you know, it, she it wasn't is, wrong. It is interesting. And I, again, I, I want to, we're going to come back to that line um, if we have time, because I okay. do think that the way we interact with, with this yep. passage um, and the way we interact with the um, 
for first century Judaism is is important. Oh my um, goodness, yes, you know, yes, as well. So anyway, there's just a whole lot of context here that we can't really. Um, so one of the challenges that we have now is um, Calvary is a, a church where it has a rich history of of loving Scripture. Yeah, um, yeah. Also has a rich history of uh, reaching people where they're at and yes. not requiring a PhD in you know uh, Hebrew linguistics uh, sure. to 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 be present. And sure. so the task of the preacher, right, is you know. Anyone can open up any point in the Bible and God's Word and get something out of it. That's the beauty of, of the, yeah. the clarity of, of Scripture. But Yeah, it's living and active. It's got its own yes. power uh, yeah. by God's design. But when um, contemporary biblical literacy isn't maybe as high as it once yes. was, how do we do that well? Well, and it's not just biblical literacy in the positive sense. There's mm-hmm. also antagonistic challenge. Mm-hmm. That will attack biblical uh, authority. I, yep. I, sorry, I say attack like there's this adversarial. Like I get it why people ask yep. hard questions of the Bible. Yes, they, and they probably should. They're yes. probably on a decent path toward discovering it for themselves. But um, we have this in both camps: biblical literacy inside the church, yep. biblical uh, maybe misconceptions or misunderstandings. But some of it are very fair questions yeah. outside the church. Yeah. And we have the swirl where we're, we're hoping mm-hmm. uh, to open our Bibles in two directions, to build yeah. up the church and a witness in the world. But yeah. That's a tall task. Yeah. So I guess as a, as a preacher, um, Dan, what, how, do you, how do you do that well? Um, I'm not going to talk about this like I have it figured out, because Good. I haven't been preaching super long. Um, I will say that I think the things that are important right now mm-hmm. is to not shy away from difficult things yeah. and to not claim understanding in things that I don't understand yet. Yeah. I feel like that is the right posture for yeah. the cultural moment. Yeah. Um, and then I, I also, I just enjoy conversations like this. So like part of my strategy is to invite people in mm-hmm. to biblical literacy, invite them into the story mm-hmm. and expose them to great conversation partners. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, most of the time, if I'll bring up like a, hey, this person said, or I often re- recommend the ESV Study Bible because mm-hmm. I think it does a great job. Mm-hmm. I recommend the Bible Project mm-hmm. frequently. Um, I recommend this kind of setting yeah. often. Anyway, that's kind of ha- the how. Yeah. Um, but it starts with an open Bible. I, uh, I, I, it's just really important to me to, to like not give the sense that the way to understand this is by skipping around. Mm-hmm. Um, the way to understand this is by sitting in the not knowing of it. Yeah, so. that's great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, actually, Acts 7 serves as a, a beautiful illustration of this. Yep. Um, I think these summary statements oh, yeah. um, are so important, right? Like, So when we were in seminary, uh, we had one professor who we started every class with just like a little mantra, and one of them was, yeah. uh, well, it's always, you know, start with Scripture, not the commentary, but yes. uh, context is king, Yes. right? And so understanding the context what, is what, what did he mean by that? So the context is, um, you know, there's, there's text and there's subtext. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the text, the thing that you read, but then... Like words have meaning in relationship with other words, yep. and ideas have meaning uh, in relationship with other ideas. Yep. And so, what is the context of this passage? Who wa- who was the original audience? Yep. How would they have read it? What was on their minds? Um, so, even going through this speech here that uh, that Stephen gives, right? The okay, well, well, who is it? Right? You've got these. Um, you already you know mentioned mm-hmm. the free, you know the freedmen. Uh, you have these these 
Jewish people who aren't Christian, they're actually really upset with him, mm-hmm. yet they have their own uh, customs, their own traditions, their own uh, power dynamics, mm-hmm. all of these things that, um, you know, one of the things that the gospel yep. is, is going to do for all of us is it's going to threaten our, yeah. our our sense of identity, yep. it's going to threaten uh, who we are, it's going to threaten <clears throat> our, our community and our group dynamics, yeah. and so all of those things yeah. come to play here. There's... Uh, what I hear, uh, like the word that sums it up, that's kind of, I think, worth reclaiming in the church is history. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a story that happened here that's that's for us, yeah. but not to us. Absolutely. We weren't involved, but that's it, great. we are affected. That's great. As I'm, you know, making notes here, I'm going to put that, I'm going to write that down because I'm gonna, that might pop up uh, this weekend. Uh, for, 48% base stealing is up. That's the, that's the quote. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, so that so anyway, so context is is king. And in a, a speech that has so much history of, you know, essentially yeah. what Stephen's doing is he is offering a reinterpretation of the people that he's speaking to, their history. So and, let me ask a question. Um, this is not the only speech mm-hmm. in Acts. Correct. Um, we've already seen one in chapter two. Uh, we know more are coming uh, yep. down down the road. Uh, you've got, I think, Acts 15, Acts 17, Acts 20. Yep. There are some major monologues yep. that are set in historical settings. Yep. They're in conversation, yep. but they are extended discourse. Yep. Um, what's going on with that to help us yeah. understand the context? That's a great, of this that's a great question. And it's why these like summary statements are so important, too, because they're summarizing great chunks of God's yep. uh, redemptive activity Ooh. in a, like, a new space. What was the German word for that? Heilsgeschichte? Was that the one? Uh, Salvation s- history? S- something. I'll be careful with the second half of that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. word. Um, but yeah, so there, there's so much um, there's so much there. And I, I do think that one of the, um, the benefits, it's almost like um, going to counseling, right? The book, yep. of, the book of Acts. Mm. You, know, you go to, you go to mm. counseling, and what do you do? You well, there's lots of things you can do, but uh, depending on what you're going through. But the 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 therapist, if they're a good therapist, they're going to start unpacking your history. Hmm. Now you can't give a uh, minute by minute account of your life. Right. What you do is you give these big key Major moments yeah, that, that had that had impact for you. That's a great analogy. And so, yeah. thank you. So it's interesting how. Um, you know, if we were writing the the old you know the Old Testament story of God's people, mm-hmm. we might have written it very differently. We would we might have highlighted other events. We might have highlighted other people, and mm-hmm. yet God uh, has preserved a particular story. And whenever you go back and over time look at your story, you you reinterpret it, you misremember it, and so it's really good to yeah. keep these things in front of mm-hmm. us. Um, because as script as we read scripture, I mean God, God wants to continually reveal the thing that He wants to reveal and do. Yeah. And so I think that's the function of, of these of these monologues. So this particular monologue, um, I remember when we were kind of preparing teaching team setting mm-hmm. um, and talking about it. You know, this one ha- deals with change a lot. Uh, that was something I think that you yeah. know Paul Paul was really uh, cluing in on as we were talking, and yep. um, so. Uh, it's funny that base stealing popped up. Yeah. Um, you sim like here's my analogy. This is a not as as good as the yeah, the therapist yeah. analogy, but baseball has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the National League has a DH now following COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, this year there's pitch clocks and mm-hmm. 
rules about pickoffs and different size bases. Mm-hmm. The game itself is Pitchers structurally are calling the same. their pit- pitches that's rather right. than the catchers. That's, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, that's a good point. That's a massive difference. Yeah. So uh, change mm-hmm. when change happens, mm-hmm. there's something there. Mm-hmm. People are affected by it. Yep. They either do follow it or don't follow it. It becomes major, like, yeah. what does this mean yeah. conversation? Yeah. And that seems to be uh, a lot of what's happening here, mm-hmm. where Stephen is saying uh, to his audience, uh, confronting them with, you have misunderstood much of the change that God has initiated in his redemptive history, yeah. and you've missed the biggest thing of all, yeah. which is Christ. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in the end, that gets him killed. But he. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and here's the, and this is again, I think the function of this speech is we have a God who is constantly. I mean, he's a change agent. He's constantly changing us as his people. Yeah. And yet, he, you know, the the divine uh, immutability, like God, doesn't change. Mm. And so we see that really on display here of. A, a God who's constantly willing to do a new thing to reach new people, hmm. um, but his mission hasn't changed. Hmm. His his methods change a little bit, but he's up to the same stuff. Yeah. He's up to the redemptive, uh, the redemption of human history, and he always involves people as participants in that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. Uh, in-house uh, producer, what, what's our time? What we got left? Eight we have eight minutes left. Wow. Okay. Cool. Can I ask a question? Go for it. So early on, um, yep. we've talked about context, and we've talked mm-hmm. about the content. Mm-hmm. You know, this this uh, summary uh, of the Old Testament. Um, Stephen has a particular role in yeah. this historical setting as well. Yes. So Stephen is himself uh, not Jewish. He's a Hellenist, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. And he is helping with the distribution of food uh, with the Hellenistic believers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, can, can we talk about that? Like, yeah. because Stephen, after Stephen's martyrdom, the gospel goes out of Jerusalem. Yes, and this this is part of the way God moves yeah. the story forward. But like, yeah. it's because of what God was doing in and through Stephen and mm-hmm. others like him mm-hmm. and who they were mm-hmm. that is going to like set the stage for all of that change. Um, but tell tell us about what's what does it mean to be a Hellenist? What's the diaspora? Peter mentions that. And anyway. Yeah. So the Hellenists, if you remember uh, Alexander the Great, right? So he good friend, good friend. Yeah. Um, what did he do? He went through and he very quickly conquered the known world. Yeah. And his method, essentially, for consolidating power was um, to take this Greek culture and put it everywhere, yep. right? So everyone starts to speak Greek. I mean, that's... that's so language. Language, right. customs, yeah. um, clothing. I mean, anything that has to do with culture, yeah. right, is, is Hellenism. So right here, you have a, 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 the Hellenists, mm-hmm. right? And even in the midst of the, the diaspora, right, the Jewish people have been... Uh, right. They'd been moved everywhere they right. were kicked out of jerusalem well because that was also a strategy um it helped me with my history yeah that was a roman strategy right was to take um maybe tier two uh or lesser desirable uh ethnicities and backgrounds to uproot them from where they were mm-hmm. and to replant them in places the empire wanted basically mm-hmm. um and it made people then i think depend on yeah. the empire rather than, than yeah the yeah and not and not just and not just Romans. I mean, every. I mean, if we remember back to our um, series in Daniel, yeah. um, right? I mean, there was something that the 
the oh, the true. Babylonians they were, the were doing. The Assyrians yeah. did the same thing. A common uh, common practice, actually, even a kind of a more modern day example. Um, you have Russia doing the same thing in, in Ukraine right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but the Hellenists, right? What they are? They're Greek speaking Jews from the diaspora. Okay. So that's that's who the the Hellenists are. They're gotcha. they're oh, so I they're see. so they're in Jerusalem mm-hmm. because they had been displaced. Yep. And they're but they're, so they're Jewish people yeah. who have the Jewish history, but they're mixing it now with this all these Greek okay. customs. I'm connecting with this. Yeah. So I say when someone asks it, what what my background is, I'm, I'm Italian. I'm 50 percent Italian, mm-hmm. and I'm 25 percent mainland, 25 percent Sicilian. Mm-hmm. Everything else is Euro something. We, we don't really <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Dad. Love you. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm not Italian in practice, right? Like, right. I'm. I don't. Right. I've never visited. Right. Ooh, I don't have. Good. But I. I do have a connection there yeah. that's much different, and other yeah. people understand that yes. I do. But I, I'm. I'm, Amer- I'm American. Yes. Like, I live here. Yes. But I ident- like identify yeah. with being Italian. Yeah, yeah. Something like. Well, that. I don't want to go too much into kind of even some of the backing from even last week's message yeah. from Paul, but like. The problem was right. You had the, this this Jewish, um, you know, these Jewish leaders in the church. Mm-hmm. They're kicked out from the dia- you know, when the diaspora comes out. So these uh, um, these Hellenists, these essentially these kind of like they are now in charge mm-hmm. of doing the work, and then the Jewish leaders are able are allowed to come back in and they're like, hey, this isn't my church anymore. Yeah. And so that creates all these like little Ooh. in-house kind of skirmish things. There's a sermon for how you. How do we, yeah, how do we serve? How do we deal? And so that's the context wow. here um, for Stephen. And like, you know, anytime there's a power dynamic, the Jew, you know, the Jewish leaders of, you know, the not the Christians, now they're, hey, you have this, I don't want to say celebrity rock star, but like you have somebody that, you know, is God's definitely working through and he poses a threat. You know, this message poses a threat. His work poses a threat to who you are and what you're doing. And so he does his speech and then they kill him. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see with all of that why Stephen's character matters. That was what we had mm-hmm. spent a number of yep. uh, a, a lot of time on in the conversation about leadership. Um, it's like his character sets him up to do a hard thing in a, in a hard place in multiple places and times. Yeah. But um, do you think it's fair to say that like the whole point of I'm I'm gonna like gloss, which isn't my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I know we're nearing the end of time. Like, there is a real example in Stephen of of living Christ centered. Mm-hmm. So for all of his mm-hmm. history, for mm-hmm. all of his character, for all of this context in this situation, like Stephen found a way to make his whole life like add up to being about what Jesus had done and who Jesus yeah. was to him. Yeah, and, and in the church. Yes, and that there is um. Like there's a beauty in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of terror in it mm-hmm. because being Christ-centered will cost mm-hmm. us something, mm-hmm. um, and that seems to be even part of why Luke tells the story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's showing the movement of the church. He's showing the development of it all, but he's also showing for the reader um, this question: mm-hmm. like, are are you willing to orient your mm-hmm. life around the resurrected Christ? Yeah, and I think that's the application is, um, you know, Stephen, he's actually on the scene for a very small amount of time, and yet the, the, uh, the followers of the way, the, yeah. those who were, um, you know, following Christ in this new moment probably had a lot of faith and hope built up in this person. I know in our 
context. Sure. Celebrity Christianity. Like, oh, man. Who, who do you follow? Like, yeah. And so now Stephen is going to be removed from the equation, and the, the playbook doesn't change, right? We're still yeah. called to individual faith and trust in Yahweh, um, and trust and faith in Yahweh mm. involves um, Jesus Christ. Mm. So uh, anyway, I, Peter, what, where are we at? Have we got a minute, two? We got one minute. All right, we don't really have any further, um, you know, really time to get into anything else. I do want to just kind of name something. Um, when we interact with these types of texts, uh, really, especially these early you know, moments in the New Testament, it's really difficult uh, to not um, talk about the Jews in really bad light. Yeah, yeah. And um, so anyway, we, again, we don't have, I just wanted to name that. And it's not... We're not uh, anti-Semitic at all. Yeah. Um, in reading these stories, I think that's something you brought up earlier about the history. Yeah. Um, and I know I mentioned that there were different interpretive strands. Yep. Like, it's best to understand this with sympathy, as yep. we would today. Yeah. Like, there's American infighting, too. Yeah. Um, and in telling history, we're always going to get into the specifics, yep. but we need to be careful about yeah. generalizing and marginalizing yeah. because of what we know of a certain moment. Yeah. Um, this wasn't everybody yeah. in Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, thanks for that that thought there. Um, as, as always, uh, we want to keep our Bibles open. If you have anything that you'd like to see us discuss on a future uh, episode of the um, the Deep Dive, you can email us at podcast at calvary.church. You can find this Deep Dive and more on our website, calvary.church slash resources. It's on YouTube, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, just, you know, leave a comment, leave something in the chat. We'd love to just interact a little bit uh, over this. It's a great privilege to be able to do that with God's Word uh, on a weekly basis. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.